Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. My name is Zach. <laughs> I'm J- Jake. I'm Steve. <laughs> and uh, we're joining you today uh, for kind of a special episode, I guess. Uh, Jake and Steve <laughs> both have COVID. <laughs> or yes. had COVID. They're positive. getting over COVID. Because we got together and they're okay. it, started writing an episode and got COVID. <laughs> We're recording remotely today for quarantine purposes. I want to remain the only healthy Three River Boy, so hopefully that works out for me. I hope it does too. Yeah, this shit sucks. Because you guys are feeling a little under the weather, you know, uh, we're not going to do like a full episode today. We're just kind of doing a quick little special. And the theme of this special is diseases. (laughs) (laughs) Diseases, plagues, parasites, you know. Pandemics. Yeah. All the fun stuff. Shitty medical stuff that can happen to you. It can happen to me. It ha- can't. I can't. <laughs> I definitely think I have. Uh, I, I remember reading one of the symptoms. It's like your brain works slower. You get like COVID brain. I, de- I definitely feel like I have that. Yeah. Like I, I, I have a lot of heart trouble finishing my sentences like Steve just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It might, so, it might just be the cold medicine. I'm so tired. I'm just yeah, get tired. Yeah, I'm very tired. Let's keep rolling. So uh, how do we want to do this? Do we each just want to like talk about a fantasy sci-fi disease that we uh, are interested in? Yeah, I'd kind of just like to start by like, I, I definitely think that plagues and pandemics are one of the best uh, horror storytelling. What's the word I'm looking for? Like devices. Tropes. Yeah, devices. So like it's it is just really scary um, because you can't see it it's it's everywhere who's sick it's it's a really terrifying thing and it definitely disease touches something deep inside the human psyche that it's a scary thing your brain is pre-programmed to be afraid of it you know as we have all found out firsthand ah uh, just evil people weaponizing it uh, can make for a good story and it's pretty scary I I think that is. You know, it getting weaponized is the plot of basically my favorite uh, plague story, The Stand. Uh, one of my favorite stories of all time. It's definitely my favorite King book. Yeah, when I was looking up different diseases and stuff in the fantasy fiction world, uh, that seems to be the top one. Yeah, that's definitely the big daddy. Uh, I, I haven't read The Stand, but I, I would I would like to hear some about it um, because it's something I would like to read, but... If you guys would go into it a little bit, at least. Yeah, let's let's do it, Jake. Uh, did you want to take the lead on that? Sure. Um, so the stand kind of starts out. I guess I don't want to get into the plot too much, but a, a super yeah, this is going to be is developed. We'll say in a this lab. is a a yellow spoiler alert. Mild for yellow, all the, like light. The books that we're going to discuss here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it like light yellow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a super flu that's developed by the military or some military-like organization, maybe one of these alphabet organizations down in the Southwest. And is it Southern California, Arizona, maybe? I'm, I can't remember exactly where, but... I think basically, somewhere like because he drives to Texas at the beginning of the book and it takes him a while to get to Texas. Right. 
the government was developing this super disease down in a secret lab in the Southwest. Yes, and there's uh, a leak, right? This super bug escapes the container and they have a system failure where like a door doesn't close and one sick guy escapes and that's basically all it takes and he flees like Zach said to Texas and he winds up in this gas station and he crashes and he gets some people sick and they get some people sick and the next thing you know this this uh, super flu that they refer to as Captain Trips has a 99.4% fatality rate and and basically a 100% infectious rate so in just a couple of months the whole country turns into chaos and King does a great job of it beginning and I think anybody who's read this book at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic was really distraught because of how similar it is. I did reread this uh, like right in the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> that kill rate is so high. Is there any disease in the real world that's that high? Like maybe Ebola, I guess. Like yeah, it can I think kill Ebola you. maybe. Rabies is probably pretty high if you... I don't think it's even that high though. I mean, I think untreated, there are some diseases that have a really high fatality rate like that, but pretty much with, with modern medicine, I don't think, you know, with treatment, anything is that high, but they, they, they can't come up with a, a cure for this thing. It just happens too fast. It burns through the whole population too quickly. And it's, it's crazy. Like some of the, one of the main characters even ends up in, in a CDC like lab, lab where they're trying to work on a vaccine and, and even it the people inside it get sick even with all their air scrubbers and pro it's just a super bug and uh that that's what's scary about there are labs where they they create stuff like this and this could totally happen so this is a terrifying story because it's very plausible yeah this it definitely plays on the uh the government paranoia aspect a lot with like the men in black helicopters and black suits doing nefarious things behind the scenes Secret government cabals. Oh yeah, there's there's a scene where the, this guy's either on a radio station or I think it might be like a local broadcasting network, and he's like you know kind of screaming the truth for the last couple of minutes of his broadcast, and the army guys kick down his door and shoot him because he's like the government did this to you. It's pretty pretty hardcore, and the 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 symptoms of this are pretty terrible too. You get these huge neck goiters like filled with pus, just turns you into this lovely. Like, Terrible looking, stinky. It's a horrible death. Yeah. Not a good way to go out. Doesn't sound fun. It, one of the worst parts is most people get really, really sick and then they get better for like a day and, and, and their loved ones think that they're like pulling through, but it's it's just like the breath before the end. In yeah. almost every case, they get a little better and then they die immediately. <laughs> is the miniseries uh, good at all? I like both of them. It's okay. Yeah, there was a, a 94, 1994 one. I honestly like the 90s miniseries. Yeah, I think I agree with Jake. I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. I don't think either one of them is like a perfect adaptation by any means, but they're both worth watching if you're bored. <laughs> both are pretty corny. Both also have some pretty good actors in them and have some pretty good moments. It's Yeah. I think they're both fun to watch. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Goldberg, Goldborg, uh, <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. He's in it. There we go. Yeah, like Skarsgård's a big name, right? He's a good actor. He plays the walking dude. 
the walking dude is maybe my favorite bad guy of all time. He's just so cool. Nice. I I really want to read that. That's a long book though, right? I mean, super long. To to listen to it, I think it's 60 hours. It's 58, I think. It's worth it if you're doing the dark tower which you're doing. So, it's worth it on its own, not even as to worth it. It's a, it's a very good book. It's really a masterpiece. It's a fantastic book. The first probably three quarters of it. It's just like, it's some of the best stuff I've ever read. It's like just really compelling. All right, Zach, what do you have? So the one that I did some research on is from George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. This is Grayscale. Uh, it's mostly a skin disease. It kind of reminds me of leprosy a little bit. That's definitely what I think it's based off of. Yeah, you catch it from close contact with other people that have it, like touching mostly. And uh, once you get it, your skin starts to turn gray and calcify until it basically turns into stone. Don't they even have like grayscale colonies, like kind of how they had leper colonies? Yeah, once you're uh, confirmed as somebody who has grayscale, they kind of ostracize you and ship you away because everybody's afraid of catching it because it's... It kills you eventually, no matter what. There are very few people who ever come back from it. Here's another disease that basically has a 100% death rate. I, I think there's a few instances where young children get saved from it. If, if you're really uh, young and healthy, they can do some stuff. Um, I actually pulled a, a quote from our favorite imp. Oh, okay. Uh, he had heard it said that there were three good cures for grayscale. Axe, sword, and cleaver. Hacking off afflicted parts did sometimes stop the spread of the disease. Tyrion knew, but not always. Many a man had sacrificed one arm or foot only to find the other going gray. Once that happened, hope was gone. Oof. Yeah, can we talk about spoilers from the show? I don't... Uh, yeah, nobody cares about Game of Thrones. We, we said yellow, <laughs> so I mean... Yeah, we should, uh, we'll keep it. There are some uh, characters in the show that have it. Two, two that I remember. Yeah, and there's actually a little interesting bit of history. Yeah, we have, I guess we can say uh, Shireen Baratheon has it because she has it since we met, first met her in the show and the books. She had it. She still has it. Yeah, she's scarred from it. Like her, she's, her face is still like all stony and gray. Yeah, but it's not like spreading anymore. Like she's been cured, right? Like she's healthy now. She's not still dying of grayscale. I mean, they stopped her, stopped it from spreading, but her face is made out of stone. Right, but she's not dying anymore. Like most people that have it are, are, are like have imminent death approaching, right? Like hers is just a dis. She basically has a disformity. They like hide her too. She's like one of the only person in the world that's ever successfully stopped it. Yeah, because her daddy got all the maesters. An interesting bit of history. Uh, this is said to have originated with the last prince of the Roinar, Garen the Great. Uh, Garen had been fighting off a Valyrian invasion, which culminated in a gigantic battle where there was all kinds of river magic and dragons and lots of like water versus fire pyrotechnics happening. But uh, in the end, the Roinar lost, and that meant that Valyria kind of just captured and enslaved everybody except for the people that ran away in Nymeria's thousand ships who founded Dorne. Uh, 
But Garen, the guy who uh, was commanding the final battle, he was put in a cage to watch his people enslaved. And while he was sitting in the cage, he prayed to the great mother, Roin, who was like the god of his people. She was like a river spirit to uh, avenge her children. And as he did that, a fog fell over the Valyrian camp and the conquerors began to fall to grayscale one by one. Sick. Gross. Martin is very good at painting this stuff into the world. Okay, so like uh, with books like The Stand or other, um, I think a lot of like zombie books kind of have this problem too. If if the book itself is plague driven, I think the coolest part of those stories is always going to be the first half. I think watching society collapse is the interesting part of those stories for me at least. And then after it's collapsed, kind of what the characters do after that isn't really that exciting. Um, like The Walking Dead, for example, I, I think we could call zombies a plague. We could probably argue that a little bit. Uh, I think some zombies are viral plagues, so right? And yeah, I, sure. I think the first couple of seasons of wa- the first couple of seasons of Walking Dead are the best couple of seasons because we're watching that societal breakdown. It's very interesting. You could put yourself in that scenario where grayscale is just like a thing happening in the background, even though it's really fleshed out and and well created. It, it's not like a, a driving point to the plot. I guess it is sometimes, but A Song of Ice and Fire would be good without Grayscale, as cool as Grayscale is. Yeah. There are a couple other plagues that Martin puts in, like his history too. Like if you read uh, Fire and Blood, there's like, what is that, the Great Spring Sickness that kills like half the royal family or something? Uh- Oh yeah, I I do recall that. Steve, what what did you bring to the uh, sharing table? Well, I have a weaponized parasite, and that's probably saying Ooh. too much. You know, uh, it is called the Cruciform, and it's from the series uh, the Hyperion Cantos. Um, actually, doing some of this research, there's more to learn than I already know. I've only read two books. Uh, out of the series, uh, Hyperion and the Fall of Hyperion. And I'll try not to give too much away, but basically this the first story in uh, a Canterbury-esque tale, uh, the first story is Father DeRay, and he goes to see the Bakura, which are a uh, talked about, maybe even like people aren't sure if they actually exist, but a, a group of people in the in the jungles of Hyperion that are, you know, existing. And they're like, how is that possible? And that's where we learn about the cruciform, which is a parasite that latches onto you and uh, allows you to be reborn and not in a great way. <laughs> Man, the, the cruciform is so terrible. The, the inability to free yourself from its control over you, like death isn't even an option. Yeah, as far as we know, it is impossible to remove it. So this is pretty heavy spoilers. So sorry if you if you want to read that, but it, it's basically something. What's yeah? Please do read Hyperion though. Uh, but <laughs> it, it basically reminded me of uh, coral or something, and then it just latches onto you, and then it's too late. It stays forever and ever and. And it's in the shape of a cross, which is why they call it the cruciform. You're of the cruciform. You will be of the the four score. What do they say? 
<laughs> four score and 20. Four score and 20. <laughs> we will kill you, and you will be of the cruciform. He is not of the cruciform. <laughs> Man, people have no idea. What Nobody knows what we're talking about. about. We read this book. Yeah. Just uh, go, go read Hyperion. That's your homework assignment. Bradley Cooper's making a movie about it soon. Uh, and it seems like there's even more to it in the uh, final two books, Endymion and The Rise of Endymion. So I got something to look forward to. Man, I wish I had more time to read. Yeah, I guess we can kind of say like it's like uh, a cross-shaped thing that you put on as a necklace at first, and then it kind of like attaches to you and burrows like tendrils through you until you kind of become one with it. And it just is like not cool, man. Yeah, it's a it's a parasite, and it latches on, and t- too bad. <laughs> It's it's I think it's described as almost like a piece of coral kind of for our listeners to try to imagine it's it's like a a living rock that grows into your skin and into your nervous system and becomes part of your being. Fun times. Oh yeah. Do you want to shout out to Sauron at all? I don't know, but I mean, I I didn't know this. It didn't seem like you guys knew this, so. Yeah, this is a cool little find that you got that uh Sauron kind of put a plague on the Middle Earth in uh, during the Third Age to weaken Gondor and the realms of men, basically. Uh, and, and it worked. Yeah. So it, here's a little quote I have pulled. It says, and in the days of Telemnar, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pronounce any of this right. And in the days of Telemnar, the third and the twentieth of the line of Mendelil, a plague came upon dark winds out of the east, and it smote the king and his children, and many of the people of Gondor perished. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, I think you pronounced that pretty well. Good job, Jake. Yeah. Excellent reading. Meneldil. Dark Lord has many tools. Does it say where that was pulled from? I'm sure that's discussed in the uh, appendices in Return of the King, because I know the uh, you said that's like a precursor to what they call the War of the Wayne Riders. I know that's in there. So I must have just totally forgotten about this thing. It says the Lord of the Rings, Appendix B, The Tale of Years, Chronology of the Westlands, The Third Age. Cool. Yeah, I really need to get on those those appendices. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty serious setup. Yeah, I just reread those like a couple months ago, and I forgot all about that already. <laughs> the casualties were so high that the fortresses guarding Mordor were abandoned, along with the garrisons in Edith Waith. So is this how like the Witch King took over well, I want to say Angband. That's not what it's called though, is it? Um, Minas Morgul. Me- Minas Morgul. Because that was a Gondorian stronghold. Seelgoth and Minas Illith were hit especially hard, yeah, suffering the highest casualties. I do have some just like a quick like shout out to some other cool plague type things. Uh Handmaiden's Tale. Is are you guys done talking about uh Lord of the Rings? Yep, yep. So, so I think Handmaiden's Tale has a pretty cool plague in it. Um, it's it's like a plague of infertility, I guess. But the the chronic infertility causes oh, that's how the whole thing gets started. Yeah, it causes their societal breakdown. Uh, because there's just like a lack of babies. That's a pretty crazy show slash book. Did you ever see uh Children of Men? It's kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing movie. I don't know if they ever like pin it on anything like. 
they just like don't explain it. They're like, we don't know why people couldn't have babies anymore. Yeah, that's how the Handmaid's Tale is. Happened. They they never like explain why. Obviously, the the religious people are blaming it on sinners. You know, uh, of course. Another cool one is oh, it's the sinners' fault. Yeah. Another cool one is I've been watching The Expanse, and there's the Proto Molecule. Have you guys ever watched The Expanse? No, I heard it's good though. I'm on season six, so I think I have one more. I just got into the Jeffy Bezos produced stuff. Nice. Jeffy. Jeffy. Um, and <laughs> and here's a cool one that I also didn't really think of as a plague, but aliens. The xenomorphs are basically a disease that infects other species. Oh, that's true. That's interesting. And alien is... Yeah, they're basically parasites. Oh, they definitely are. And I believe they were created by the predators so that they can hunt them. Or maybe they just found them and were like, yeah, we're going to hunt these. Yeah, they just found them and we're going to hunt them. They were created by like a a godlike race. The Prometheans. Of, yeah, the Prometheans. Didn't you ever see Prometheus? I thought I saw it with you. <laughs> I didn't think that they created those though. <sighs> yeah, they're like a science experiment. Nerds. Do you want to talk about the flood too? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'd like to shout out to the flood. That's a good, uh, if you ever played Halo. So, what it, I'm watching um, the Halo show. I've never played the game, so it might be hard for some people to believe, but uh, what is the flood? Like, it's not in this. I know that's what's making the aliens attack Earth, right? No. Like, aren't, aren't, aren't they running from the flood, too? So, basically, like, 10,000... No, not really. They're running to the flood. Oh, okay. They just don't realize they are. Yeah. So, like, billions of years ago or something, like, there was this ancient race of people called the Forerunners, and they accidentally came across the flood, which is this parasitic thing that just, like, spreads and turns you into weird flood form things, like zombies, kind of, but with, like, fungus growing out of your head. And, you know, it goes crazy and spreads like wildfire so they, they, were, they were like you know the only thing we can do is wipe out all life in the universe and starve these fuckers out so that's what they did the halo they used the halo rings to kill everybody and then they like reseeded life forms from robotic science experiments like after everything was dead okay and there's multiple halos so i don't think that all of them have the flood i'm not actually sure but this one did and it actually had Gravemind on it, which is, I think his name is Gravemind. Zach, are you? Yeah, there? that's the like yeah. master intelligence. What's the other? Uh, there's a Michael Crichton, Crichton. How do you say his last name? There's a Michael Crichton book. Uh, Crichton. That is Andromeda Strain. Yeah, the Andromeda Strain. That's a pretty popular FX show as well. I've never read that one. Neither am I, but I love him, so I'm sure it's great. I haven't read any Crichton. <laughs> On top of all the other books, I tell you, you should check I out. Read, <laughs> you should check <laughs> yeah. out some Michael Crichton. <laughs> I read Jurassic Park. <laughs> nice. Uh, you did um, Eaters of the Dead too, right? Yeah, that one too. Well, sounds like our listeners have a lot of reading to do. <laughs> Everybody does, man. There's like an unlimited amount of books out there for real. So many books. Uh, do we have any other plagues that we'd like to discuss about it that's all i have to say for covid <laughs> yeah I'm, i really hope i don't get it there were like two fresh cases after we hung out at uh k 
Katie's parents' house over the weekend, too. All right, uh, let's close it up there. I think we're done, boys. Thanks for joining us in this uh, special edition disease episode. Uh, we're the Three Rivers Boys. Plagues are scary. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Steve. We'll catch you next time, guys. Uh, we'll be back with more Stormlight next week. Read more books. Wear masks. Bye. Love you. Bye.